Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 20th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Riding Unridden Colts. Her name was Jasmine. She was our guide's horse. After about a mile out of town, it became clear that my horse would not be able to make the seven-mile trek out of the canyon. The Grand Canyon, that is. Not the National Park part, but the Havasupai Native American Reservation part. So my guide dismounted Jasmine and told me to take her on out of the canyon. He would ride my lame horse back to the little village, get another horse, and catch up to me. I guess the guide didn't know that I didn't know how to ride a horse. Jasmine knew. The rest of our group was long out of sight and had no idea of my predicament, so there I sat atop Jasmine. I instructed her to go. She would not go. She had ridden that trail hundreds of times before, no doubt. She knew the way to the top. She also knew, I'm guessing, that it was no easy trip. So she got a mind of her own and proceeded to turn around and head back towards the little village. No amount of my coaxing could persuade her otherwise. Come on, Jasmine, let's go, I said to her with a soft little kick in her sides. Gentle coaxing was not going to get the job done. Then it occurred to me, She thinks she's in charge. I need to assert my power. I need to take control. I need to make my voice and my body more commanding. So with a little more energy and confidence in my commands and a little swifter kick to her ribs, I said, come on, Jasmine, let's go. She stood in the middle of the dirt road, heading straight back into town with the top of the canyon at her backside. And there she and I sat at a standstill, in the middle of nowhere, Arizona, in the very bottom of the grandest of canyons, just outside the little Indian reservation of Supai, the place that boasts some of the world's most beautiful waterfalls anywhere, Me and my very well-ridden horse. Not moving at all. It was unnerving to say the least. Jasmine and I waited for what seemed like forever. I'm guessing it was probably 20 minutes. And finally our guide galloped back up to us on a horse that looked like it could make it up the canyon steep trail. I thought he would want his trusty Jasmine back. I knew I was sure done with her. 
But instead, he stayed on his new horse, pulled at Jasmine's reins until her nose was pointing in the direction of up and out, and he slapped her hard on the rear end and yelled for her to, Giddy up, Jasmine! And off we went in a full gallop. My legs not even long enough for my feet to reach the bottom of the stirrups, and me never having galloped before in my entire life. Jasmine took off with me holding on for dear life with my guide up ahead, completely unaware of my novice riding skills. I am not making this up or embellishing. When we finally caught up to the rest of the group about, I don't know, halfway out, Russ said my face told the whole story. Jasmine was one wise animal. She knew that I didn't know what I was doing, so she did what was best for her, which was to head back to the barn. She was well ridden and she knew what was ahead of her and that's precisely what made her want to turn around and not face what was ahead. I recalled this event as I was reading today's text about Jesus taking care of all the details for his grand procession into Jerusalem. Scholars have noted that this was a well thought out carefully planned event by Jesus. We don't usually think of him being so political. But this triumphal entry was a political move on the part of Jesus that would rival some of our current politicians. Because at precisely the same time, on the other side of Jerusalem, an imperial procession was making its way into Jerusalem as well. Pilate, the Roman governor, and his entourage rode into town with all of their pomp and circumstance proclaiming a power of empire. The crowds surely would have been cheering for him. Just imagine the logistics, the security, the secret service the horses and chariots, the weapons and the beating drums, Pilate would surely have gathered a great crowd that day, some curious, some awed, some maybe resentful. But not to be outdone, Jesus was preparing his own entry, taking care of all the details himself, not leaving it to any political campaign advisor. As he approached the outskirts of the city, he knew of a man that had a colt, so he sent his disciples to fetch it, even telling them what they should say should they be questioned. He had thought of everything. But what caught my attention in reading was the specifics about the particular colt. It had never been ridden. Now let me just stop and ask you a question would you want to make a grand entrance on an animal that had never been ridden? Now granted, I think I've proven that I do not have a lot of knowledge or skill concerning these matters. But I would prefer an animal that had some experience in transport if it had been me. My guess is that most animals 
would prefer not to have a hundred plus pounds on its back. And that the first time this kind of thing happens to an animal, that it might have a tendency to buck and cavort until it is tamed a bit. But the disciples do as instructed, and they bring an unridden colt back to Jesus. The text doesn't say it, but I bet they didn't ride him back. I bet they held the reins and walked it back to Jesus, because who wants to be the first one on an unridden colt? Unlike Pilate's triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the other side of town, Jesus' triumphal entry is that of a peasant. The regalia is not as fancy for sure. Jesus' entourage was simply the folks that had been following him everywhere. The poor and the lame, the outcast and the oppressed, the widows and other women and the children, the folks who had left everything to follow him, these were his people. And they headed into town for the most sacred week of the Jewish year, Passover. Now just picture what the two processions looked like. Very different people gathered for those two entries. And Jesus planned the whole thing. When we put all the gospel storytellings together, we get waving palm branches and people using their coats and their cloaks as a red carpet and people cheering, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, any painting or drawing that we have seen of this scene, Jesus is riding a very calm, very docile donkey. All the images we have are of a gentle Jesus, head almost bowed as the animal calmly makes a slow and steady entrance. Had he been riding Jasmine, that might have been how it happened. Jasmine would have known how to make this kind of procession, She would have done it a thousand times before. She would have known what was coming and she would have just gently taken Jesus into the city. But Jesus wasn't riding Jasmine that day. He was riding an unridden colt. And I think that the depictions of this kind of scene would be more accurate if that animal was all over the place, bucking and kicking with Jesus holding on for dear life. Maybe the people were waving their branches to try to calm the animal down. Maybe they put their coats on the road to give a soft cushion and a path for that poor animal to know how to enter the city with ease. When you know what's up ahead, you can manage it a whole lot better. The donkey, the people following Jesus, had no idea what was ahead. I'm not even sure how much of it Jesus knew, certainly not as much as we like to think he knew. 
that colt that Jesus was riding had no idea about the future. It was just trying to take one step at a time with this heavy man on its back when that had never happened to it before. We enter this Holy Week knowing the end of the story, so it's pretty easy to just ride it out in a pretty ho-hum manner. We know that Jesus is going to overturn a table in the temple. It's that time he gets mad. It makes us feel better about our own anger. We know he's going to curse a fig tree, which if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know that anything about a fig tree was a political statement, and he would be condemning the powers that be. He would have definitely been speaking to Pilate when he cursed the tree. We know he's going to have a last supper with his disciples. We know he's going to be betrayed by one of them. We even know which one it's going to be. We know he's going to plead with God for his life. If it's your will, take this cup for me. We know he's going to pray and pray and pray, even while the disciples can't keep their eyes open for even one moment to pray with him. We know he's going to be killed a gruesome, horrific death on a cross, and we know that the disciples will experience his presence in real and tangible ways even after his death. So, it's easy for us to ride into this week on Jasmine. In chapel this week with our Child Development Center, I was telling the children the story of Easter. And when I told the children that Jesus died, one little girl piped up with, but I know how it ends. I told her, no spoilers. And I kept going. I played it up real big about the women on the way to the tomb and how worried they were about that big, heavy stone and how would in the world, would, if they all pushed really hard, could they get the stone out of the way? And they were so worried about it because they just wanted to visit Jesus. And when I turned the page in the Bible and it got to the picture of the stone rolled out of the way, the little girl piped up again and said, I knew it, I knew it. We know how the story ends, and so we don't really pay attention to how to get there. Jesus got there on a bucking, anxious, cavorting colt. It was a rough ride. That is what the gospel calls us to. A rough ride. If you are here because you want this to be easy, go find a jasmine somewhere. But the gospel calls us to a rough ride. We're trying to find our moral compass in the midst of mayhem we make decisions every single day that have an impact on how other people live their lives. Are we making moral decisions? It is a rough ride. How do we sleep at night knowing the amount of despair in our midst? It is a rough ride. Poverty, homelessness, hunger. It's a rough ride. Grief. And loneliness, it is a rough ride. 
depression, illness of all kinds, whether physical, mental, or emotional, it's a rough ride. What about disappointment? Especially when you've worked so hard at something and only to end up disappointed because it didn't turn out anything like you wanted it to be or needed for it to be. It's a rough ride. Have I named your issue yet? But now let me go there. In this season of politics, it seems to me that every candidate is trying to ride in as an emperor. Like Pilate. With all the power and pomp and circumstance asking us barrage of a barrage of questions about what is best for me. They're all saying, pick me because I'm going to do what's best for you. Let us not forget, as we listen to all of them on both sides of the aisle, let us not forget about a peasant's triumphal entry where he asked about what is best for the least, the poor, the lost, the women, the orphan, the imprisoned, the children, did I say widowed, the grief. He asked about everybody but me and what is best for me unless I fall into one of those categories and sometimes I do and sometimes I will. Let us not forget, forget a peasant's triumphal entry. It was his haphazard band of followers praising him as he rode a bucking bronco. His message most often runs counter to every politician I hear, leaving us at quite a loss in November, doesn't it? How in the world are we going to get to resurrection? It will be a rough ride, my friends. Don't let Palm Sunday that you've always known fool you. It always starts with the cute children coming and waving their palm branches but we dare not bring an unridden colt into the sanctuary. Knowing right from wrong and living into the right will always, always, always be like riding an unridden colt with us hanging on for dear life. And that will be the only way we make it to resurrection. Following where the one on the donkey might lead us. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. 
Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.